Herald of Steel beckons. War on the horizon. Chaos reigns supreme. But who will save us? Beckons of the Herald of Steel is a 5th edition homebrew campaign. It is a high fantasy and old school flavored campaign run by me, the young Rognard, and my friends. Let's meet those friends now. I am Anthony Santiago, and I'm playing Norhill Hammerstone, Dwarven Fighter. I'm Jared, and I'll be playing Jarzak, the Orc Warlock. I'm Ryan, and I'm going to be playing Klika, the Goblin Sorcerer. I'm Veronica. I'll be playing Anton, the Human Cleric. While many prophecies are written, our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. Welcome back to the podcast. It is I, Grognard the Young, the Young Grognard, kicking you to the live another episode of the Beckons of the Herald Steel campaign with the adventure, the Herald, and the quest, the past. So in the last few games, our party had reached the city of Gallad Bay, way up in Fairmore, in the hopes of meeting with a spooky lich guy in order to find some sort of solution to their whole Herald of Steel problem. You might have heard of it. Um, the party uh, found that the city of Gallad Bay is one whole heck of a mess with a bunch of different gangs at war vying for power. Uh, but in the last episode, the party actually met with the most powerful being, Lord Amthar, the fierce, the human lord of this territory. Uh, after finding out that there are tons of ogres causing trouble around here, uh, they also found out after slaying a bunch of them that the ogres are part of the Gnarled Bone Gang, which are led by Tragaloka, the War Maiden, a frost giant who seems to be causing a lot of issues in the north. Uh, they found a map on one of these ogres, and after speaking with Lord Amthar and displaying a super sweet battle axe that we, you know, deterred our, our fight with a frost drag, uh, white dragon at one point uh, to, to retrieve. Turns out it is in fact an ancestral weapon of Lord Amthar and his people. Amthar is impressed by this and impressed by the gusto of the party. He uh, suggests that uh, if they are to slay Tregloka, not only would they be good friends of his uh, and heralded through the annals of history in uh, Gallad Bay, but they will also be regarded as allies. Uh, this is kind of big news with a big old war on the horizon, but more importantly to the party at this point, if they are to slay this frost giant queen, they will find the location of the Lich Unthrendil. So the last episode ended with the party leaving the Lord's Manor, um, and I had imagined heading back to the tavern that they uh, had stayed at before. But at this point, you've been given pretty decent instruction of uh, how to get to the Frost Giant's place. Um, the the very rough details and the maps were given give the basic outline of where it could be. But the rangers that the Lord has at his disposal are capable of uh, inferring basically the exact location-ish. So you guys have an idea how to get there. You know, it's about two days away. Um, yeah. Was there a specific ranger we were looking for? No, you guys had heard of Swiftbolt. Um, Swiftbolt mm. apparently is one of the greatest rangers in the wild expanse, the frontier here of Fearmore. But unfortunately, he's very hard to get a handle on. 
And beyond that, uh, the Lord promised you that if you did this duty, he would basically force Swift Bolt to help you or else. Oh, great. There's nothing better than having someone help you against their will. He's also Isn't a half ogre, so that's good. Hopefully he's not related to any of the people. <laughs> We're about to get down with, you know. What what time of right. day is it? Uh, um, well, I'd imagine you'd met with him at about midday, and probably about two hours before you left the place. So it's about midday still. Do do we have time to maybe meet the the wizard, or is he a little too far out of town? You know, I mean, if you left the the city's walls and ventured off into the wilderness, you definitely could go meet with him. You'd probably be meeting with him by nightfall, however. I feel like we're better doing Which, that. Again, yeah, it's not necessarily a problem. Is the wizard, based on what we know, is uh, the wizard on the way uh, to the Frost Giant's hold, or is he like in the opposite direction? Um, I guess I suppose technically he is on the way. I mean, it's a little bit of a detour, but nothing of like an important detour at all. Like that won't really count in your time of travel or anything like that. Okay, yeah, then uh, Nor Norhill does like that plan. Uh, uh, get underway and uh, be with the wizard by nightfall. So we've gotten a little bit of our traveling done. Uh, and we're in some place that's hopefully a little bit friendly to spend the night. I mean, assuming he lets you. Assuming, but we're very charming. I'm sure that he has no reason not to let us into his house. Yeah. That's right. a very good like, thing for Norhill to say. Oh my God. Everybody <laughs> loves us. We're the main characters. Um, Dad, if he says no, we can just kill him. Who's going to know? I'm very likable. Because <laughs> right. Jarzak has a bug crawl out of his ear and then go back in. Yeah. Go out the ear and up the nose. It's like one of those bugs okay. from what the mummy where it just crawls through the side of his mouth. Oh, <laughs> just... no, no, no. <laughs> God, no, get that visual out of my head. Oh, okay. God. So. In that case, uh, if the party would like to, they could head off in that direction. Um, it's not really a well-beaten path to get out there, but it is rolling fields beyond the walls of uh, Gallad Bay. So if you guys would like to leave now and just start heading immediately out, um, you could definitely do so. I would need one survival check to get there. Quick question before we leave. Did we, did we leave anything at the end that we should take with us? In case we don't come back. I mean, yeah, if we're going out on the track, you know, Norhill would bring all the gear and everything. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I imagine you guys, I figured that was negligible time. You guys would just swing by there and grab it on the way. Okay, just want to make sure we didn't forget. So, what did you get on the survival check? I got a 14. Okay. So, as the party head out of the main northern gate of Gallad Bay, uh, what you see before you is a frontier wilderness Unlike anything you've seen in Amroth, the, I mean, it's it's pretty similar to looking at the mountain range that Norhill's from, but the difference really is just like how raw this is. Whereas looking at the mountains, the the you know citadels of silver and steel, 
you might be able to see the roads, the civilization sort of nestled in it. This is just raw wilderness. Um, at being this point in the summertime, it is a very favorable condition to be walking in. And you can tell by all the grasses and all the ferns and stuff like that sprouting up the thickets of trees and all the different colors all over the mountain ranges to the north. Um, this is just such a picturesque moment. The breath you feel you drag in is a bit cold from being this far north. But it's so fresh and like refreshing that even though this city is a frontier city, it's like this kind of reminds you of what it means to travel and to be an adventurer and wayward in any sense. So as Anton leads the party uh, north, northwest um, over towards where Yuli's dwelling might be, um, you guys see in the distance uh, a site that is quite peculiar for this area, but you see a single windmill. Um, built upon sort of a tower of sorts um, and surrounding it are giant cotton ball like cloud like looking things just kind of moseying around the ground as if this tower is springing up out of like a pile of clouds and it's only after a few moments further of walking in this direction and blocking the sun from your eyes that you realize these are not clouds these are absolutely enormous like lambs and sheep and goats and stuff that are just like just big billowy bundles of of cotton walking around out there um so you guys are about 500 or so feet away from this place uh was there anything you wanted to do before approaching any further can i just get a little bit more i, I don't know if it's a perception just a little more like what like are they just obscenely large animals or are they just unkept no they're giant they look to be like the size of cows. That's weird. Um, like just dire sheep walking around. Interesting. I don't know if they're necessarily guard animals. I think Anton. That'd be one me. hell of an encounter, wouldn't it? Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> Anton's just like, well, I don't see anything that could be a threat, but. Let's not assume that these gentle giants are necessarily gentle. I don't advise taking advantage of them. Let's leave their wool and other things to themselves, unless they're master. Pickpocket the I, I I'm gonna pilfer the sheep's pockets. Go and steal a sandwich he got stuck in his fur. Not <laughs> like, hey, the Understandable. I shall not. So as the party mosey on down the trail and approach the entrance to this place, a booming voice comes from surrounding the party as they walk up this lonely, dusty trail, as if from all sides of the party, like completely encircling the group is a loud wall of sound. And it sounds like, uh, I don't want to say this, like it's coming from inside of a bubble. It's a very weird and sort of recorded sound. And it says, who are you and what is your business? I am Anton. This is my party. We are hoping to speak to the wizard resident of these lands regarding some matters further to the north. Take a ghost to introduce herself, but immediately realizes she doesn't know what direction to wave to when she says her introduction. So she just gets confused and freezes. Yeah, she doesn't, doesn't know how to handle this situation. So that the voice calls back again and says, 
Would this be a matter of the lich? Yes. I'm afraid I don't have much time to discuss such matters. Please turn around and leave. Is there any way we can assist you with making time? Is that a threat? No, that's a legit thing. People say they don't have time because they can't make the time. I feel like someone else can help. Translation, do like you a have threat. a quest for us too? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's a busy man. He's got a lot of it's, livestock here he's got to take care of, and they're like giant. So he might need some help. Especially if he can't answer his own door. That tells me he's busy. All right, so I suppose, uh, Ronnie, uh, Anton can do a uh, persuasion check. I almost said diplomacy, for fuck's sake. God damn it, I missed diplomacy. Well, it's I committed and got a 21. So with that, the voice replies after a pause. Well, all right. Go ahead, keep moving forward, and don't be alarmed by what you see. The tongue gives a thankful nod and moves forward. Okay. So as you continue himself. Um, you feel like a wet splash on your face as if like a kiss of a cold wind. And as you continue moving forward, what you notice is that the... Uh... Uh... <laughs> so as you pass through this, uh, this sort of wet veil here, what you see is that before you that windmill that you saw originally has expanded into an entire fortress of windmills, making sort of the four corners of a wooden fort, and within it is sort of a, a bigger, bulkier dwelling. Um, the sheep, however, are the same size. There's just a lot more of them. So the whole domicile sort of just, like, explodes into a grander size, and upon getting closer to this place, you can tell that the trees that are apparently now part of this realm all seem to be kind of walking around slowly and surely uh, every once in a while, patting some of the sheep on the back or like kind of guiding some of the littler ones using a drawstring of some sort. Um, but yeah, as you guys approach, they don't seem to heed you at all. Uh, one of the sheep does turn towards the party as they approach the main gate to this place. And as you do, the sheep looks up at the, at I suppose Anton, who's apparently been leading the party at this point, which that's not a dangerous move. Um, so as the sheep looks up at you and it says, hello. Hi, I'm Kleeka. Were you the person earlier? Kleeka wanted to introduce herself, but didn't know how. The sheep leans down, takes a bite of grass off the ground looks up at you as it's gnawing and says, no. Clica hmm. pets the sheep. The sheep looks kind of weirded out by this and turns away shyly and then rushes off to some of the uh, awakened trees wandering about. But as the party finish approaching the main gate to this place, um, the gate lowers, and inside you can see the inner courtyard seems to be filled with flowers, fruits and veggies, and like a lush little garden. And a tiny-looking uh, halfling is wearing green robes uh, that appear to be so well, like, weathered that it might as well be brown robes. He is just a dirty, dirty little man. 
And as he looks over at you, his wispy mustache curled on both ends seems to kind of jiggle as it catches up with the rest of his turning body. And he looks over to you and he waves. The single bell hanging off the top of his conical hood seems to jingle as he does. Well, so I, I guess I wave back and I said, it's great to meet you. Leave is Yuli? And he says, last time I checked, yes. And he says, so I am afraid I don't have too much time. Me and a couple of the sheep have a very impressive game of cards we have to play later, but... Uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, really, I just need to know uh, what your business is. You said you would uh, make it worth my time or make make the time or something. I don't really remember, but you sounded very persuasive. Clearly I'd rate you, you a 21 on an arbitrary scale of numbers, honestly. Clicker wants to know what it is with wizards and playing games. Ortoglare made us play chess. You have to play cards. I guess we don't have to play cards, at least. You guys are in the wrong field, okay? These guys, they've got it made, man. But with that... So, what is it? Uh, We come to you on a quest most dire. Uh, We need to know as much about the Lich and the Icon of Despair as possible. As as you say that, he puts his hands over some of the vegetables as if covering their ears, if they had any. Ironically, he does not do it over corn. Um, but he uh, says, well, don't say such things. Don't you understand? Even uttering its name gives its power. Uh, very well. Without using any specific names, I would like to know what you know. I'm given to understand that you're something of a lore master. And he scratches his head and he says, well, I guess the only one around who can read a book. I suppose that makes me something of a lore master. As long as you hand me the book of lore, I'm quite possibly the only master in this region because of that. Anyway, some of the sheep are doing really well with their phonics. But um, uh, anyway, beyond that. Yes, I know much of this land. And yes, I've been here for quite some time, but... I have a question I must ask of you first and foremost. Do any of you feel a disturbance? Where? You may need to be more specific. The world of late is full of disturbances. Unfortunately, if I'm to be more specific, I may give away too much. Anyone who knows the disturbance I speak of must have felt it last night. And Klika has a moment recalling the basement at the tavern where she ah, felt a very unsettling yes. feeling. And as Klika sort of reckon, you know, recollects that sensation, he recognizes it on Klika's face as a single snot bubble blows up in her nose as she's thinking too hard. And he says, as he looks over at Klika and says, do you know the feeling I speak of? Um, I guess it kind of felt like someone sort of tapped into Kleeka's magic for a hot second. And with that, she uh, he nods his head for a couple moments and he says, I will be brief about this, but I will say this much. If it is your plan to go meet with this lich, 
You will die. That much is guaranteed. What happens after is even worse. And I can't really guarantee that much, but I don't want to have to. Honestly, if we get to the point I have to make double guarantees on your demise, we're not in the right business. Anyway, the point is that that sensation you felt, it was the icon. You casting spells like that, that sensation, you're feeding it. I don't know you, and I don't know which kinds of magics you are casting. But I want you to understand that every day you cast spells in this realm, it grows. I sense it too. That's why even as a caster myself, I keep my practice as he looks around his ostentatious, strange wonderment home that only a strange halfling could live in. He says, I keep my magic subtle. As you look Think over and nods see knowingly. Yes, yes, of course. There's just there's just a whole plant that grows pickles. It skips the cucumber part. It just goes straight to pickling. And he, he just looks over and sees you guys look at it. He steps forward in front of it and says, subtle. I can feel the-, the heat coming off of the pickles. They're preheated. He's like, well, yes, Every day is Tuesday. He says, People I know I... back home would love it if I returned with some seeds of this wonderful plant. <laughs> I, I, he I says, guys, but then, but what is this icon? Is this a, a being, a item, something that gathers power? I, I don't understand. It didn't gather, I didn't feel that from my spells. He says, I am no student of the citadel. I am no magical master by any means. I'm a practical mage. The things that I know are from years of studying and interesting stories being told to me. I do not know what the icon is at its truest form, but the entire citadel that Unthrendil calls home is usually regarded as the icon. But Mm -hmm. as long as I've been practicing here, I've felt strange disturbances and felt my magical power dwindle on occasion, as if something was taking a deep breath, and it was using the air within my lungs to replenish its own. Now, whether or not this air is used as a bellows to try to conflagrate some greater flame, or whether this is all blowing up into some sort of balloon, that much I don't understand, and that much I can't know. All I do is try to be practical about my magical casting. As one of the hot pickles, he pulls it right off and takes a bite out of it. Subtlety. Subtlety. How long have you been here? Well, probably about 70 years. Hmm. But the point I'm trying to make here is that if you need any advice from me, it is that by being here, by being a magical being yourself, you may already be announced to Unthrendil. A being of, of, of such magical power probably knows of your existence just from casting anything. This is not a land known much for its magics. But all I can tell you is that that must be going somewhere. And as long as you feel comfortable casting spells, knowing that they very well could be doing something somewhere, by all means do it. But as one person to another... I figure I owe it to you to tell you that I felt the sensation for a long time. 
Kleeka mm. will have to think on this. But to answer your first question, if I know anything of this place, I know bits and pieces. I know of a few things. One thing I know, and probably explains why you there, as he points to Norhill, as he waggles his hot pickle at you, he says, I figure you know of Hot Pickle Tuesday simply because of your ancestry among the dwarves. Why? Of course, how could I not? I got the recipe for this particular pickle off of an old bit of uh, recipes, uh, 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 an old recipe book that I had found. Apparently it belonged to the Nightcrag Dwarves, ones who lived not too far from here a long, long time ago, probably 500 years ago or so. Now, when we speak of the Icon of Despair, we must understand that this being Unfrendil is not the initial owner. And in fact, the dwarves had once called that place their own home. Whatever that structure looks like now is hard for me to say. But I can tell you that originally it was a fortress that the dwarves called home. Now, are they still there? I highly doubt it. And the number of dwarven skeletons and zombies we've seen roaming about in the night on certain nights would lead you to believe there are not any left. But tis the nature of living in a place like this. If you are searching for this place, I will say one more thing. There is one river that flows from the mountain peak, the mountain peak of the same citadel that is the Icon of Despair. This river bisects much of the valley surrounding the place. It is known as the Bleeding Channel. Some say that you can smell the iron pang in the air as if blood were legitimately flowing down this river, which is really a disgusting thought when you think about it. Takes another crunch out of his pickle. With food in his mouth, he continues saying, but the really impressive part is there's sort of an aurora that we see on certain nights where the moonlit reflection off of the water in the channel lets off this really disgusting and yet very intriguing red light in the sky. Some suggest that the undead are born from such an aurora, and others think you go blind from looking at it, but, you know, I've never seen it, so I can't really verify one way or the other. But if it is the case you see those lights, you must be close. But, anyway. You aren't planning on going there, are you? As he has a moment where he looks very much so like he might have just given you guys way too much information without ever getting, like, anybody's name. And he just has a moment where he's, like, halfway biting his pickle. He's like, I, I, you know, I didn't ask. Um, You aren't going there, are you? Clico winks. Norhill says, uh, I will not lie to you. That is our intention. We had hoped to find a way to treat with this being peaceably, perhaps to get his aid in our war against an immortal monster which calls itself the Herald of Steel. He slowly eyeballing each of you up and down, opens his mouth, goes to take another bite of his pickle, then looks back down at it and pulls the pickle away, closing his mouth slowly, and he says, that's all very good and all, and I may not appear to be a being of uh, great practicalities or subtleties. 
But if you genuinely believe you can parlay with such a being, I wish you all the best of luck. But unfortunately, as I'm sure people have told you, I can't be the first person you've asked for help on this matter. If you go there and you cause a disturbance, we may feel punishment for your actions. Now, I have my own ways of protecting myself and my stock here, but I, I would advise you reconsider for the sake of the innocent that live in Gallad Bay. This is why we've gone about learning as much as we can. Our only intention is to treat, pe is to treat peaceably. And if there's any way that you know that we can make that intention clear, we would be very grateful because the last thing we want is for your people to suffer for our actions. So with that, Yuli the Green sort of looks you guys all over once more. I would imagine that because the sun is setting, you probably need somewhere to stay. It's a little rude of you to assume you could stay here. But I'm going to let it slide. If you'd like to stay here, you have to stay outside the walls of this compound. It won't be too cold when night comes and... Due to the illusion, I think you should be safe from most things that might come this way. Does that we, feel fair? We appreciate any form of hospitality. Extremely mm -hmm. grateful, especially since the information we seek of you is not, most likely it's not your specialty. Well, it's not that it's not my specialty so much as I don't like to discuss it. Frankly, it's probably the worst thing about this area and probably one of the worst things on this plane of existence. But whoever this Herald of Steel guy is, I'm sure he's probably worse. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Anyway, I've got a very important card game I have to get to. So, uh, goodbye. And with that, he plucks a couple more pickles off. And then he turns around and walks back over to Norhill and hands him a pickle. And he says, I'm really sorry about your ancestors. <laughs> our history is ever one of being driven from one home after another we survive yeah it's a little it's a little funny that you haven't gotten the hang of it but i'm sure you'll do fine he claps you on the shoulder and he walks over to his house and continues to go inside of it a concili conciliatory pickle for your ancestors troubles <laughs> a pickle for your ancestors yeah. i was gonna say much you like a pickle in these trying times. Um, yeah, and Norhill walks over to uh, go make camp where he's allowed us to crunch in on the pickles he does. It's not as good as the one at home. But, um, okay. And so the grasses outside of this place are comfortable enough. You could probably sleep on that if you wanted to. Um, granted, when it gets cold out as the sun sets, it's not like ridiculously cold but it's definitely not comfortable cold um so i imagine the party probably set up some of their tents or whatever they've got on them Do we still have the big pavilion tent? tent don't we oh yeah there you go don't really yeah. have much to carry it but yeah norhill will set it up so that it's sort of like half a tent right against the wall so that we have the wall on one side and then the tent on another side to protect us from the worst of the wind okay so as the night comes and goes, 
it's not too bad on you guys. The wind comes in and it's pretty rough, but the sounds of a, a halfling playing cards with a group of sheep seems to flood your imagination with both fanciful, whimsical, and nightmarish thoughts all together at the same time. Um, sleep comes easily, and the morning comes easily as well. Uh, the party are free to continue their trip. So uh, as we continue our way towards the craggy outcropping of the mountain edge, where apparently Tragaloka is supposed to be dwelling, uh, I am going to need survival checks. Dookie. How many do we need? One for now. I got 13. Okay. So it seems pretty easy to follow the uh, skyline just over to where the mountain might be. Um, and as the party continues past Yuli's uh, stead and continue on your way in that direction, um, again, it's the overwhelming sheer size and like, I don't know, just the immense nature of being out here in this kind of frontier wilderness. It really does take you guys back a little bit. Was there anything you guys wanted to do in your day's worth of travel for like role playing or? Hmm. I don't know what's out here. What's good here? In in what sense? What what in what sense? What's good here? I'll I roll mean, for it. Hold on. What I <laughs> I don't think that's how this works. <laughs> what am I supposed to be rolling that could be good here? All right, fine. <laughs> Nothing happens. You guys just walk silently and click guys weird thoughts about rolling dice to figure out what's good, quote unquote, here. Um, the uh. <laughs> The party, uh, yeah, uh, Norhill's gonna go like you know, full like uh, mountain man uh, style. Like he'll pick up a stick uh, for hiking. You know, go stand on rocks. This definitely brings him back uh, to you know the scouting to the days of scouting outside the mountains uh, around the halls of silver and steel. And he remembers his family almost leaving. He has PTSD on a rock. I think starts trying to stab everybody with a walking stick. Click is definitely going to try a couple of her cantrips to see if she triggers that feeling, even with just cantrips. Kind of test yeah, the waters. I mean, you really don't feel too much of it. Um, you definitely feel um, very, uh, I don't want to say this, uh, you seem to be very suspicious over casting each of these, and you start to almost have like a feeling that like maybe it feels wrong, maybe someone feels different, but it's hard to really tell. With magic such as this, it doesn't seem like it's the case that anything's really tapping into it. That's good. That means she can keep Jarzak clean. That was her biggest fear. <laughs> what about Anton and Jarzak? Are they doing anything on this trip? Mm. No? No. No. Okay. So as the uh, party continue uh, about midday rolls by, um, and you guys can hear in the distance the clattering of, um, I suppose uh, we can roll a nature check on this just to know what the sound actually is. Uh, an 11. Is okay. And then, um, okay, yeah, no, that works. So with an 11, that clattering noise that you hear definitely sounds like the sound of like horns uh, or antlers or something smacking and clattering together, a sort of woody, bony kind of noise. Um, but the sheer enormity of the sound 
leads you to believe that this noise is like coming from something real big with antlers. And it seems to be coming from, it must be at least like half a mile away, probably in one of the fields in the distance. Um, Maybe that's some of the reindeer that the priestess mentioned. Sounds big for a deer. Uh, some of them walk on two legs. Do they play cards? <laughs> and they're they're supposed to be pretty big and dangerous, but I, if we leave the herd alone, they shouldn't bother us too much. I agree. We should give it a decent birth. Okay. Um. Jarzak with an 11. I'll let you roll a second check now that you know what it is to get further information. Huge. Six. A six? Okay. You don't really know much why they would be doing this, but you're definitely sure that it is antlers being smacked into each other. So, what would the party like to do? As far as traveling beyond this point did you want to try to give this a wide mirth or did you want to like a birth rather or did you want to what uh, well norhill was suggesting that we you know try to avoid it as much as we can so as not okay. to disturb whatever's going on fair enough so with that um uh could i get another survival check from anton hell yeah Okay. So what did you get? I got a nine. And Anton's a little worried because he has a feeling if we saw some pretty big sheep and goats, I, I imagine there might be other bigger animals. Okay. So as the party try to take a wider mirth around this place, or sorry, birth, birth, mirth. Which one is it? Birth. birth. I thought with an e. That's what I thought. Yeah. What the hell's mirth? Cheerfulness. Unless you're spelling it with an E as well, then it's nothing. That's confusing. Anyway, you take a lot of mirth. Um, maybe mirth. I'm not, it, you know, case isn't closed on that one yet. Uh, but as the party tries to go farther around, um, it seems that Anton leads you guys into a very unfortunate direction here. <laughs> as you try to take sort of a shortcut through some of the brambles, instead what happens is you realize that the brambles are so thick and hard to get through it's kind of like that really annoying undergrowth kind of brambly stuff that's just like just a pile of, of bush. You know what I mean? Like you just cannot get through that. So as as Anton leads you into that, you find that the only way to get out of here is to go either directly back the way you came or to go out um, the side to the east in the direction of the clattering. Anton's going to just... He's going to go toward the east. He's like, honestly, he kind of sighs and he says, we might as well figure out what this is now. Uh, how long would it set us back to double uh, to double back on ourselves? 30 minutes. It's inconsequential amount of time. It's not that much bush to get through. It's just, you know. 30 minutes isn't too far to back up a little. What do Klika so, and Jar uh, I mean, Klika would like to see the reindeer, but Klika doesn't want to have to f 
fight the reindeer. Yeah, Cleek, uh, if we see them, we're probably going to have to try to kill them before they Well, Jarzak, that's just because oh. if they don't speak either language you speak, you freak out. They... Uh, th- what else am I supposed to do? They won't talk to me. <laughs> I, I And they're just being aggressive. Jarzak, do you even know how to, like, care for nature? Y- yes. Bugs are part of nature. Yeah. Do you do you do you get mad at bugs because they don't understand you? I. They do understand me. What? <laughs> do not. <laughs> I talk to Click all the time. And Jarzak thinks about Click and feels sad. Oh. Oh. Well, um, maybe we should. There might be a chance that if there's reindeer herders out there. They could know more about the Lich and the Icon as well. You know, that's a very optimistic thing to say. I'm not sure that I would go around asking the wardens of local nature about the undead monstrosity that makes its home in these lands. The enemies who know the best about their enemies. I do think the priestess said something about how they tend to not take kindly on people visiting the Lich as well. But this also doesn't answer our question about whether we ought to press on or turn back. Well, Kleeka's good to turn back because Kleeka doesn't want Jarzak to get into another fight. I mean, it's, if they won't talk to us, we'll have to fight. So, yeah, we can turn back <laughs> instead. So as the uh, party turn around and start to head back the way they came, um, traveling through the brush and making noise with all the snapping of the twigs and whatnot as you're heading through, as you pop out to the other side of the fields where you originally went in, um, one thing that you spy in the not-so-distant uh, is one of these giant reindeer men. Um, I feel like the party haven't seen a minotaur at any point, um, but this is definitely sort of the same general build, if not bigger than one of them, with its antlers arcing up well beyond its own height as it stands at its impressive stature. This thing itself must be around as tall as like a hill giant itself, if not a little bit bigger, with the antlers rising up being higher than that. But as you guys pop out of the uh, out of the woods here and see that in the distance, it's almost like supernatural, the ability for this thing to sense you, as it must be at least like 500 or so feet away. But as you guys pop out of it, making a racket about who made the best decision to turn back around or whatever, um, this thing seems to, from the distance, let out the most ungodly noise. Have you guys actually heard what like elk calls sound like? Oh, they sound Nightmare. fucking weird. Yeah, the, it's yeah. horrifying. So you hear a gigantic version of that, just like just like that whistly freaky tone there and it shoots cold blood down all of your veins as you look over in the distance and see this thing just like rear up its back to its full height and it starts just running in your general direction jarzak i'm going to give you one last opportunity (laughs) of this nature check because at this point i feel like you would be the only person uh an 11 hell yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
judging by the way the things like acting at this time of year you don't know the specifics of this sort of thing but if this thing is truly a warden of nature and it protects its flock and it is by itself at a time where you hear it clacking with other things i think just like jarzak's brain cells the two of them that are left connect (laughs) together with bug antennae and he is able to formulate the logical disposition of thought that like hey maybe it's actually just mating season and these are just bucks and these things are just mad and territorial and so for a minute jarzak realizes it's charging to headbutt for a contest of strength with you guys that seem to be encroaching on its potential mating territory which i'm sure jarzak's going to relate to the party in a very eloquent way jarzak thinks that for a second and he's like no that doesn't seem right well, maybe. Let's let the it. group know. <laughs> so what's the plan, then, as this thing is just charging towards you? At this point, it's 400 feet away. Well, Klika can't get married to reindeer because Klika's not a buck, so it's up to you three. Klika well, takes, a step, takes a step back to let one of you guys headbutt it. If it's a special <laughs> strength that it wants, and it wishes a headbutt, I'm willing to oblige. Um, Norville oh is going to prepare his action uh, to dash towards the creature and activate the helm of steel brand. Wait, what is the wait? Hold on, you got to tell us what the helmet of steel brand does again. All right, yeah. So I haven't used this in a while, but once per rest, um, so that's a long rest or a short rest. While moving toward a target, I can either knock it prone or push it 10 feet back as part of a movement. If I dash the DC 14 strength saving throw that the creature has to make is made a disadvantage. Huh. Well, okay. So as Norhill tua, tua, his hands together, puts his finger down to the ground like a fucking football player and gets ready to go charging full speed with his little pumping iron boots uh that's where we're gonna end the episode hey everyone i want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the podcast it really means a lot to me to have everybody listening in and if you have anything you'd like to say any comments or anything like that shoot me a tweet over at ygrognard on twitter or you can even send me an email at younggrognard at gmail.com I look forward to everything you guys have to say, and it's always a pleasure to engage with anybody listening to the show. And as always, be sure to keep things... Dungeons.